What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And it is officially WrestleMania week, the biggest week on the wrestling calendar where fans all over the world tune in to see the showcase of the Immortals. And it's going down this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. But before then, we're going to talk to a gentleman who I have a lot of respect for. Not only is he a two-time award-winning producer for Hopkins Medical News, he's also a member of the National Association for Black Journalists, the guy who's multiple podcasts. I mean, the guy just, he does everything. I don't know where he finds all the time to do it. He is co-host of The Wrestling Realm, which is celebrating their 10-year anniversary. I want to welcome him in right now, Brian H. Waters. Brian, what's going on? What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm doing awesome, man. And just before we get started talking about WrestleMania and, you know, NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, which is tonight. So we are recording this before it airs tonight. So we got all kinds of questions for you. I want to make note, the wrestling realm, 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. To do 10 years of anything is, is, is something to be honored and you know give kudos to i mean people sometimes they can't even have a 10-year relationship or a marriage <laughs> but you've been doing 10 I, I know, years right? of this it's funny because you said 10-year rela- uh, relationship or marriage um shortly around the time when the wrestling world started me and my now wife we were together probably about six six to eight months and i remember she kept on saying that me and the real Dwayne Allen have a bromance. And she kept saying that word over and over again. Um, but, yeah, 10 years, it's been amazing. It's been a fun journey. A um, lot of ups and downs on the road. And, and when I say downs, I don't mean, like, arguments or breakups or anything like that. Just more so um, trying to figure out how we will move and shake. So, for instance, when I – we was through about two years in, um, I got a call to go to ESPN and work for – um, you know, work up there. And the difficulty was, okay, so how do we do the show? And of course, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm living in Baltimore and he, I, I'm living in Connecticut. He's still in Baltimore. Uh, we, we was thinking about different remote ways to do it. But then I said, well, I'm about to come back to Baltimore. So then I come back and, you know, we had some other ventures we were in, some of them together, uh, just doing other things. So, um, but, uh, I always said when we didn't have the time, we got the best equipment. When we didn't have the equipment, we had the most time in the world. But mm-hmm. we found a way. Um, we now created the Wrestling Realm Now podcast, which airs every week. I'm excited. We will be doing a WrestleMania preview show. Um, so, But we still have the flagship show that made people fall in love with us, the show that's on YouTube where we take a deep dive in different topics. The latest we did was AEW as a copy of competition. Uh, and I'll be happy to reveal on here that we have another one uh, called Black Excellence and Pro Wrestling. So that'll be something that people will love and look forward to. And, again, it's it's worth noting, I mean, 10 years to do anything is, is you know, remarkable. Um, I mean, you were doing a podcast on wrestling before podcasting became, like, the trendy thing. I mean, you think about it, everybody has podcasts now. Everybody has access to equipment to do a podcast. You guys were doing this before it was the cool it thing to do with, you know, minimum software and equipment so hey my hat's off to you you guys and expanding it to new ventures of doing the podcasting uh with you know knowing the 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 wrestling realm now show and so much more but let me ask you before we get into anything else what made you want to do a wrestling podcast obviously besides being a passionate raving wrestling fan 
you know, what made you decide, you know, this is something that I need to do? Because you were doing all kinds of other stuff. What made you want to do wrestling? Yeah, so certainly what happened, um, uh, I got to tell this story because in order for everything to make sense, um, my uncle died around April 2010. Uh, it was a sudden death. Um, and when he died, you know, <laughs> a lot of times families will come together and you see cousins and stuff you don't see all the time. So I remember going over to my aunt's house and I was, you know, sat there talking. So I'm being, the being the person that I am, I check on people after, you know, they experience the death. And so my cousin, my cousin's case is his stepfather. I was calling him. Hey man, how you doing? Just checking on you. Well, if there was a house in the, uh, there was a household in the family that ordered every wrestling pay-per-view, it was them. Every single pay-per-view, um, we um, talked about how when they had a streak, it ended with the unfortunate over the edge, 99. They didn't order that pay-per-view for whatever reason. But they, up until then, just thinking back to like the 80s, they had ordered every pay-per-view. Um, but him and I was talking, and he was talking about stuff he seen on YouTube, and he said, man, I wish I could you know, do X, Y, Z. I said, hey, man, we can have a wrestling show. And we did a wrestling talk show. It lasted a little over a year. Um, it was, we did it, and then we started getting some uh, momentum, and then he got into trouble. Um, and just keeping it 100, he got in <laughs> trouble. Uh, and then I was going to wrestling shows, and I'm starting to see, going to the independence, and people were like, hey, you from that wrestle talk with Baron B-Dub? And I was like, yeah, and I give a shout out to ring announcer Larry Legend. He was like the first person who said, oh, that's Baron B-Dub. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like Larry knows who I am. And, of course, I had been, been wasn't really new to the Indies at this point. I knew who he was because he was like the guy in Baltimore and, you know, do, and the Philly area announcing everything. So we get there, and, um, you know, so then as I'm doing this, I'm doing individual segments. It was called Main Event. The B-dub starts, and as I'm doing B-dub starts, I'm like, man, you know, I, I wish my cousin could get himself together. Well, I go to Morgan State University, and the first semester in my research class, it was how would we research analytics on the Wrestle Talk with Bear and B-dub page. Well, fast forward um, to the next semester, I'm taking a television production class, and my friend Danny says, um, you know, we introduced ourselves. And my friend Danny goes, he has a wrestling talk show. And I'm trying to, like, shush her a little bit. I'm like, Danny, now he's in time for that. And she goes, so Dwayne is behind me saying, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I turn around, are you a wrestling fan? Yes, I am. I said, okay, cool. So I hand him a business card to my show. The rest is history. Um, you know, within a few days, I said, this is the guy I want to do a show with. And the conversations we were having, we said, man, we can put these on camera. And that's how we really got started. So, you know, just to, just to some context, um, you know, we was using a, about a $200 camera that was, it says it was HD, but it, it really, it, it really wasn't. Um, but we was using that. We was using just that microphone off that camera because at that time, if you wanted podcast equipment, if you wanted video DSLRs, you was going to pay at least $800. Mm -hmm. And we was using that. Um, we we were still using Windows Movie Maker, if anybody can remember, <laughs> to edit the show. And then, um, you know, eventually I would get my MacBook and stuff, and 
as we're learning how to produce television, how to edit better, how to edit professionally, we started applying that to the show. So those early shows were very simple. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do cutaways with videos. You had to like stop the show, insert the video and then come back. You know, you couldn't overlay it with windows movie Maker. And it's worth noting too, is not only you guys are so insightful with the pro wrestling business and having great opinions and everything, but having that black wrestling fan perspective of it, I think is very crucial. It's very important because there's so much attention just to wrestling in general, but I don't feel there's enough as we're starting to see a little bit more given towards attention towards it. But what's it mean to you to be able to kind of be like that voice of the black wrestling fan? Being a black wrestling fan, it uh, means a lot. Um, it's kind of like the WWE now, right? We've been, we've always been able to show that range. Um, Dwayne is, you people look at him, the first thing they see because he's six foot seven, oh, you must play basketball, right? But what they wouldn't realize, yes, he did play basketball and played at the collegiate level, but he's also a clothing designer. He's also a skateboard guy, but he's a huge wrestling fan. Me, you know, I, I'm just an average person. Um, I was always called a nerd, was always teased for loving this business. But to be able to show, hey, you know what? There are black wrestling fans. That's been, um, you know, an honor and responsibility. Um, just because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I used to get criticized because, um, I would always kind of understand why certain people wasn't champions, right? But then, you know, I look at it and I've had a different outlook over the years, but I've never been the one to be like, Oh man, black people never get a chance, never get a chance. And I always got criticized for that. Um, but I've looked at it in different ways, um, and always try to, you know, see it from both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't disagree with a lot of people. I just don't rant and rave about the way they would like me to. Um, in, uh, April 2000, I mean, November 2019, my friend Vanessa and I had went to a show in Philly. We was at the American Heart Association conference. And while we were up there, I said, hey, SmackDown's in town. And shout out, this is the day Mia Yim made her main roster debut. She's a friend of mine. And I remember being there, and Vanessa is a white woman, and she says, Brian, wow, there's more black wrestling fans. I always thought she was the only black wrestling fan I knew. <laughs> and I was like, no. You know, so that's been pretty cool. Now, what is your first memory of pro wrestling? We've had other guests on, and I always like to get like their their thoughts of what is their first memory of pro wrestling. What's the first thing that you can say you remember as a child, your first wrestling experience? The crisscross getting ready for WrestleMania six, Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior. Um, my grandfather, God rest his soul. Um, in 1990, he was, we was getting ready to go to, uh, get ready, we was leaving church that evening. And it's about six o'clock. And I remember my dad was holding my hands like, come on, buddy, it's time to go home. And I was about three years old, Gary turned four in that August. And I said, no, I'm going over Grandpappy's house. He said, no, I think you're coming home with me. And I was kind of getting, like, teary-eyed or whatever. And my grandfather came and saved the day. He said, no, he's coming with me. Now, this is back in the day when kids could sit in the front seat. So mm-hmm. my grandfather had a nice Cadillac. Uh, I think it was a Cadillac DeVille. And I sat in the front seat with him. And I remember we was getting ready to ride home, and people was like, hey, Paul, are you going to watch wrestling tonight? He said, yeah, we're on our way home now to watch WrestleMania. Man, one night, Hogan was going this way, Warrior was going this way, he was describing it. And I remember that, um, ironically, 
years later at Johns Hopkins where I work, my um, my friend Vanessa, who I was just mentioned earlier, she was doing. We was doing an interview with the doctor, and I'm sitting there, and I see the poster. I mean, the signed photo of Hulk Hogan um, and Ultimate Warrior. The you know the ring shot, mm-hmm. and I was like, so I just casually asked the doctor, "How much you want for that photo?" And he looked, and he goes, "Oh, you're a wrestling fan." I said, "Yeah." He said, "You can have it." Wow. I was like, "You sure?" He said, "Yeah." He said, and I was like, "Wow, thank you." He said, "Yeah, I um, his agent is a patient of mine." And Joe Montana as well. So he just gives me free stuff all the time. So, you know, um, I'm going to keep it 100. It may not be cool to be black and a Hogan wrestler, a fan. Um, I always ask anybody <laughs> um, who, who was born in 1986, uh, how big of were, were you a Hulkamaniac? You know, and then let's have a conversation. Because I've always felt a lot. Hogan was absolutely wrong. Um, I forgive him. Uh, but I feel, you know, he was wrong. I, I, I think the apology was not constructed well at all. He needed a better PR team. But I also look at it as, you know, I'm not going to hold on to that. And it's, it's tough. Most people who don't like Hulk Hogan didn't like Hulk Hogan anyway, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's funny you say the WrestleMania 6 because I feel like WrestleMania 6, in my opinion, that was when I felt like WrestleMania felt, like, bigger. Being in Toronto okay. in the Sky Dome, like prior to that, I mean WrestleMania was WrestleMania, but I've, I've always felt like that one there was the one because it was in the dome because it just felt at the time it, they had the big like screens there that they used to have for like the Blue Jays games, the video screens, and just I don't know, just that the sight of that just made everything feel so much bigger. But I can say that I wasn't so much a Hulk Hogan fan as I was an Ultimate Warrior fan, and here's my reasoning okay. for it. Before I started getting heavy into the action figure collecting and all that stuff, I can remember being a kid and my mom was working like a part-time holiday job at a toy store. And all I kept telling her was, I want the Ultimate Warrior Hasbro little figurine, the one where you just push this back and get like the Ultimate Warrior Leap. So that that's mm-hmm. the only thing I wanted that whole Christmas was just this one basic action figure. And... I was just I was just hooked on it. I just loved, you know, the green and neon colors of it, which was, you know, obviously popular at the time. Every kid loved neon colors back then. Um, you know, so I'm an 80s baby, so I'm loving all the neon stuff and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, that was like, I was just, I was ultimate warrior. You know, I didn't really hate Hogan, but I wasn't, like, crazy about him as, like, some other people were. You know, I mean, I had friends that... Yeah had everything, the wrestling buddies, you know, the action figures. I mean, they had the, the costumes and everything. And I'm like, yeah, Hogan, he all right, you know, but he ain't Ultimate Warrior, you know. So um, I totally agree with what you're saying is, you know, clearly what Hogan did was wrong. Um, I'm, You know, I'm just a, a, a believer of that. You, yeah, you give forgiveness and you try to move on, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's only hurting us more by holding on to something painful. You know, I don't know if that makes sense to people, but I feel like it's 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 affecting me more to hold on to some that hold on to anger than it is. You know, while he's already said his piece, he's moving off his life. So why am I going to continue to be, you know, upset about it? But with that said, again, I wasn't really a crazy Hogan fan anyway. So, you know, I didn't I didn't really. And you know, it's anything. funny because now I get it. And I, I was I mean, from day one, diehard Hogan fan, um, me and Dwayne used to go at you know, have a lot of funny conversations early in days of the wrestling realm about me being a fan. And, you know, like I said, I read the book and 
when I read the book, I saw that, you know, I'm a man of faith. I saw that he changed his life around and he was on the verge of suicide. And it was Layla Ali that saved his life. And from then, you know, he was a believer. And when I found out the timeline when everything happened, I think that's what, if, if it happened after that, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I, I'm like, you know what? I want to give him the benefit of doubt that maybe this is a part of something that changed from his life. And I was called, man, you'd be surprised the heat I was getting, you know, you, you ain't black and all this other stuff. I'm like, say what you want. I'm not going to sit there and hold on to it because there's a lot of other people that I could do that to, you know? And I even found myself wishing that stuff would come out about other wrestlers. And I had to dial it back just because I wanted everybody else to get the same heat. But I, and I said, most of the people who felt that way, I'm like, y'all didn't like Hogan anyway. Y'all thought he ruined TNA or WCW. So you was already over him. So well, that's how know, some but, fans um, are, you know, some fans just want to want to add on and bury people. And as you mentioned, being, mm-hmm. you know, a, a strong reliever of faith and everything, you know, we're taught to forgive. And, uh, you know, yep. so, you know, it is what it is. You but can I forgive. had the wrestling buddies, too. I had, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I had Hogan and Warrior. Hogan yeah. and Warrior. Uh, the Warrior one lasted longer. Um, you know, you beat the stuff out of them. But the Warrior lasted longer. I always said, like, in wrestling, I always look at there's a lot of, like, trinities, right? And to me, during the 80s era when I grew up, well, you know, when I first got into wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s, that trinity was Hogan, Savage, and Warrior. Mm-hmm. And then, like, to me, during the, uh, the new direction era, new generation, it was probably Sean and Br- Brett and Sean insert another person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the attitude, to me, is Rock Austin, Triple H, you yeah. know? Um not sure who you put with Cena, you know, the Cena uh, or in an insert another person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always look at it like, you know, those were the guys, those three. When I grew up, like when I would play the video games, WWF, WrestleMania Talent, I would have the matches between those three. So, And I totally agree with that. That's, you know, very good uh, in a comparison of each era and generation of wrestling. And uh, we see a lot of the new up-and-coming stuff with NXT. So I want to ask you about NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Tonight is night one. What are you looking for and excited about from night one? Um, let's see. Let me uh, make sure I look at the matches right. because I've, So I've been paying attention to NXT TakeOver, but um, I haven't, like, indulged into the card. Um, it's one of the things I know I'm going to watch. Um, but like the way I kind of have an idea on like night one and night two of Mania, um, you know, that's what I'm trying. I know I can tell you like what match I'm looking forward to the most. And that's probably Chompa and Walter overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being a huge fan of, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Walter. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I feel like Chomp, uh, is kind of like, eh. <laughs> He's not the same to me. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I was just mentioning last night on Twitter about how, you know, before his injury, he had this major push. He was on top of the world and, you know, him and Goldie. And then he had the injury and came back and it was almost like they were like, hey, when you come back, like that push is not going to happen anymore. And I had somebody reply mm-hmm. and say, well, you know, he, he's at a point now where he's putting over younger talent. And that could have been a decision on his own. It could have been a decision by WWE to kind of scale him back. But as a wrestling fan, you kind of wanted to see, you know, a little bit more because he had done so much on the indie scene. 
And this was, you know, in all talks, pretty much major league for him. You know, so I kind of wish I would have seen a little bit more when he came back with the, uh, you know, the championship picture. But I'm definitely in, in tuned into the whole Walter match. Um, I'm really high on Walter. A lot of people are saying that, you know, he doesn't have the physique as, you know, he's not all, you know, ripped up and everything. But I love the old school mentality of him, like that ring general that he calls himself. I think he really is like a ring general. Like he gives that old school. Mm-hmm. And I love that whole holding on to the title for so long, you know, so it makes you like, he feels like the final boss, you know what I mean? In a video game, like you're like, all right, this guy's been there. You know who he is. You know, you got to defeat him. So I'm really excited to see how well that goes because those guys, I mean, you want to talk about strong style. Those two can sit there and, and whoop on each other and really lay into it. So that should be interesting to see how they're going to do that. Um, Is there anything else from takeover that you're looking forward to? Oh man, Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. Um, you know those two, because right now it's like, okay, who wins, right? It's not so cut and dry. Um, you know, does Balor continue to me, Mister NXT, the greatest NXT champion? But then again, there's Adam Cole, baby, who you can make an argument against with. Um, but you know, Karrion Cross never lost. So this is going to be interesting. I'm interested to see, do we get the Demon King, you know, the Demon Finn uh, Balor. So um, that's another match. I'm definitely looking forward to the vacant taxi titles. MSK, G, uh, was it GVY, and uh, Legato. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a, I, I love MSK. Shout out to, well, I'm about to call um, him by his uh, indie name, Desmond Xavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember when he was here, I did some work at CZW and WSU up in uh, the Philly, Jersey area, and just watching his growth. I remember when he first got into the business. So uh, being able to see him, I'm really excited about. And I'm actually really excited about the Adam Cole and, you know, O'Reilly match. Um, oh, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> the video package that they put out last week, that video package was so well done that I was tweeting out, I'm like, this is the hype I need for WrestleMania. You know, like that video package, like mm-hmm. I was like, all right, can we just have this match now? You know, like that video package just leading up to it just had me like, okay, ring the bell. Let, like, let's get this going right now. Um, so I'm really excited about seeing that. And uh, I, I see that AEW is countering with uh, bringing Mike Tyson on tonight. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a, an attempt to kind of, you know, sway some fans away from watching TakeOver. But TakeOver Night 1 is on USA, Night 2 on Peacock. And I want to get your opinion on the whole Peacock situation, because I've been asking fans, too, like, what do they feel with the whole Peacock situation? I mean, do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Is it indifferent? So I got to talk to it in both ways, right? I got to talk to it from, let me start from a wrestling fan perspective. I don't like it. <laughs> um, the WWE Network's interface was so easy to use. That was the place that was like, as wrestling fans, that was ours. We knew how bad our wrestling was at times. We knew how good it was. We knew all the ups, the downs, the cringy moments, right? And we still, if we wanted to live back in those days, you know, even with a certain guy, I'm not sure if I could say his name or your show, but we could go back and watch his matches. Mm-hmm. But then now that it's on Peacock, it's um, because it's not, because it's sharing a space essentially with all these other shows, 
it's like, well, now I got to get to that. The Peacock app, I have a PlayStation 5. Sometimes it doesn't load up properly. The WWE app, once it got going, once, you know, they worked all the bugs out, it was smooth. And I understand we got to get that way with Peacock. So that's that part, right? But from putting on a business hat, it's totally genius. Um, as a shareholder in the WWE, I love it. Um, because what it's going to do, it's going to bring more eyeballs to the product. There are people who are going to be sitting at home from Saturday and Sunday looking for something to watch and say, oh, well, this WrestleMania thing is on. Well, let me watch this. I don't watch wrestling no more, but I can watch WrestleMania for free. Let me watch it. So from that aspect, I understand it totally. I'm excited about it because hopefully it will, let's say, you know, I, I try not to be one of the people that really harp on creative, but it is what it is. So what I'm hoping is that it causes them to really up their ante and we'll get a better product. And I'm pretty much on the same page with you as far as, you know, being a fan. I feel like the Peacock layout is a little a little confusing. Um, I mean, they got, like, King of the Ring 96, I think, in, like, the Attitude Era, you know. And I'm like, oh, I guess maybe that's considered beginning of Attitude Era. I'm not too sure. I mean, there's a lot of, like, the, the whole kind of, like, uh, the, the menu and everything is a little wacky and weird for me. And I'm, I'm hoping by, by, by the time SummerSlam gets here, when they say they're going to have all, the whole catalog, available to fans that you know it'll be streamlined a little bit easier and you can kind of find things a little bit better um the only things that i'm, I'm a little like down on is the uh commercial breaks on the uh the replays and stuff but at least they're timely placed you know i was really afraid okay. that it was going to be like in the middle of a match or something because i've watched a lot of like the other uh app stuffs like pluto and tubi and everything and you could literally be yeah. watching a show, and they'll put a commercial right in the middle of a sentence of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, we're just going to come back mid-sentence. you know? So it would be really uh, horrible to see like a Stone Cold Stunner or a Rock Bottom, and then right in the middle of before he hits it, it's you know a commercial for you know something crazy. So from that, I mean... And, and to be honest with you, um, to be honest with you, I paid the extra five dollars. I have Xfinity, so I got it for free. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I was already paying ten dollars a month for WWE Network, um, so I'm saving money. Why not pay the five dollars? Just so I went to watch those ads because no. I was afraid that they was gonna try to throw ads during WrestleMania or something. I was like, I ain't about to deal with that. See, and I'm just in the same boat. I have Xfinity, and I'm like, all right, do I upgrade? You know, and so far, I mean, we haven't had any commercials during live pay per views, which is good. Okay. You know, so for the time being, I'm like, I can ride this out. Like the commercials weren't, you know, overbearing to the point where I'm like, all right, I need to up my tier. But uh, maybe you can answer this question. This was something I was asking people and nobody really had an answer. So, I mean, is there no longer a live continuous stream of the WWE Network? Yeah, the WWE Network is officially gone now. Okay. Um, I was with the log on two days ago and it said, your network is gone. Um, I was the, I was the, the, um, the sharer. And so I shared with my friends. So one of my friends who she doesn't watch, uh, shout out to Ashley Baker. <laughs> she doesn't watch wrestling like she used to, but I said, well, here, you know, you may want to see some old stuff here. You can have my network log in. And she, you know, it's WrestleMania week. So she's trying to get ready, get hyped up for WrestleMania. Cause she always tunes into it, but there was no WrestleMania. Uh, for her, because she, there was no network. So she was the one who notified me, said, yeah, your network's gone. Yeah, because, I mean, I know internationally it's still being used on the app, and you before you could, mm -hmm. you could you could turn on the WWE app and you would have that continuous, 
just a you know a live stream of it where it would just be you know a schedule of just random stuff that they're just continuously playing. So um, I noticed last night when I tuned into the Hall of Fame, it kind of like before it started, it's you know it tells you your broadcast is about to start and all this, and it kind of like caught the end of like an NXT commercial. So it makes me think that mm. there's still some kind of like continuous stream out there on the international app that Peacock just doesn't continue a you know continuous stream. It's all solely on demand. But uh, which is fine okay. with me, you know. I I don't really need a continuous live stream because it usually was like the three or four same shows that they just kept showing <laughs> every day mm-hmm. over and over again. So, but uh, so WrestleMania this weekend, a lot of anticipation for it because it's the first event of that magnitude where we're gonna have fans in the stands. AEW has done it, you know. Some other people have had you know small fans, but this is the the first big deal. What is your expectations for? WrestleMania. I'm expecting everybody on that card to blow it out the water. Um, because the same way we miss them, they miss us. So um, I'm expecting everybody to just bring it 120%. Uh, I think um, this is the worst built WrestleMania in history. Um, and this is somebody who pretty much remembers the bills from every WrestleMania starting with nine and every since then. Um, but I think this is the worst one just because you have some matches that was just made a few weeks ago. Some stuff is like, wait, what are they doing? But with that being said, I think the talent's going to overcome all that. And we could be looking at, um, you know, we could be looking at a WrestleMania that we put up there in the top tier. Uh, I will say that, for some reason, every like it seems like every year since from after every since thirty three, they get better every year, right? Um, I remember WrestleMania thirty, waiting for that one. So twenty eight was the first one I attended, and of course I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I tell everybody if you haven't gone to a WrestleMania, please treat yourself and go to one. Whatever your favorite one was before, borrowing the card is just terrible, and none of your favorites win. It will become your favorite one. Um, but then after that, you know, 29 was like, to me, the buildup was weird, but I felt it was a WrestleMania that I would enjoy after getting away from that era and going back and watching it. Uh, 30 was phenomenal. And Daniel Bryan is my favorite wrestler. And then 31, I was not looking forward to it, and it delivered. 32, they did what they could with the injured roster. But every year after that, I felt it was good. Like, once you got there – and everything was happening. I felt like everybody was bringing it. With that being said, I think that's what happens this Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. I do like the two nights just because I think it's too long to do uh, those six-hour WrestleManias. It's like, all right, you know what? This is a long time. So um, I think this is uh, – I think I don't think they do this all the time, but I think it's cool. And I totally agree with the two-night event. Um, at first, I wasn't sure how I felt about WrestleMania being over two nights. And we had a guest on earlier this week, Kenny from uh, Kenny from Your Thoughts podcast. And he was mentioning about how tiring he was at WrestleMania in, in 35 in New York. About how when the ladies came on in the main event, people were so drained. It was kind of the, the ladies didn't get their flowers. They didn't get their, their, their due diligence. And a lot of people were just kind of so exhausted they were just tuned out for the ending of that match and it didn't really get a lot of excitement it did and i had brought up that i said you know i i felt like the main event of that 
WrestleMania, no shade or, you know, towards the women, but I felt like the Kofi Kingston match was the highlight of that WrestleMania. And he brought up a good point. He says, you know, but think about it. If that had been the main event and I had went on last and the people were just so exhausted, would that moment have felt as special? And would you have gotten that pop if it, you know, went on last? And he brought up a good point. He said, imagine going out on that high, ending it right there, going out on that high, having that amped up and you're excited, like, I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow and being able to get some of that recharge energy again, you know, how much better it would be. So, uh, It'd be interesting to see if they're going to continue to go over two nights. A lot of people would think this might be a test for them to see if, you know, the two-night thing is going to work. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's it's something that it, it's definitely different. And, you know, WrestleMania has evolved and changed so much over the years that, you know, I'm kind of welcoming the two-night deal. You know, I because I... No, you... Oh, sorry. No, sorry, say 35. Sorry. No, 35 was so exhausting for me that I can remember, like, once that final bell rung and... You know, we kind of had that semi-botch of a pin there in that women's match. Mm-hmm. I was ready to, like, jet out of that stadium. I'm heading back to, you know, lower Manhattan and getting on, you know, my subways to go back to Brooklyn. Um, so I can say I was exhausted by the time that match came on. So, I mean, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. So I was at 33. That was the last one I attended. And I feel like 33 was, like, maybe – the first of the really long ones. It may not have been, but it feels like it. And we was, it was the way 33 was booked. Um, one, we was nervous that the women's match was going to get canceled because we had seen that happen before. So we was nervous about that. But if you remember, they rushed through everybody's entrance mm-hmm. except Naomi's because it was her hometown and she had the glow. Now, it made sense that that match took place because I think they learned their lesson with Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker, a match that we will never have that magic that we were supposed to have because it was outside of the light. But the thing was when, um, you know, I, I looked at 35 and, you know, sitting at home, we was like, man, this feels like we're supposed to clock in and clock out. And I remember <laughs> doing a show afterwards only for the audio. Uh, Adobe Audition decided not to record the second part of the show. And I was just, like, mad because a couple of my boys had stayed over a little bit longer so that we could record. But, um, no, I definitely agree. And I've always felt exactly how Kenny felt. And I remember sitting there that night asking uh, Blake and Dwayne, my boys, was like, do y'all think that, you know, I know Kofi didn't close the show, but it felt like that was the end of the night. Because after that, you know, I know know my dad left, my uncle left. Uh, My uncle said he was going to come back. He was going to drop his kids off. But it was just like, all right, we've seen what we wanted to see. And it, it, what I meant a lot for the women to main event the show, you know, it just comes down to, I understand, you know, people deserve WrestleMania paydays, I'm, you know, I guess. But maybe maybe there's something where you build up that last SmackDown before the show. And that's like your, your semi-WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Because it's a lot to ask people to stay at these shows and maintain that high. Mm-hmm. That for that long because Becky did not, in my opinion, get the pop that she would have gotten had it taken place earlier. But you know, I, I watch that Kofi match all the time, and it's just like that energy, that pop was everything. Yeah, and it reminds me of WrestleMania 32 when you had Triple H versus Roman Reigns going on last, and I was sitting mm-hmm. next to a bunch of guys that are in my row, 
and I'm looking at my watch, and you know, you get the one hour time difference between you know Philly and Texas, and I'm like looking at it, and I'm saying to the guys, I'm like, wait, like this is like the timing is really off. Like we've gone so much further in time that we were you know accustomed to up to that point. And it was just <laughs> such a, and I'm like, look at it, I'm like, wait, if it says it's 11 o'clock here, it's 12 o'clock back home. And the guys were from Virginia and they're like, yeah, it's 12 o'clock back home. Like what's going on? And I'm like, we haven't even started this match yet. And I mean, you weren't going to get a lot of people that were going to be overly hyped for Roman at the time. And you had triple H, oh, no. you know, so you already had people who are already set in on their feelings about triple H and Roman Reigns and, you know, Roman's being pushed down our throats. Triple H is always stealing the spotlight. Factor in that we've been sitting there for five hours and we're tired and we want to go the frig home. And that's what happened. You got that reaction in that match. And it just, I, it's upsetting because like you said a lot of these talents, whether you like creative and how they handle people, they, they doing this for a living. You know, this is their job. This is their, their payday. And it sucks that they kind of get the backlash and the heat from fans when it's not uh, creative heat. And when I say creative heat, I mean heat they're supposed to get because they're being written as the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, when you got the face getting heat because he's being pushed down our throats and he's going on last after a five-hour WrestleMania, you know, it's it's one, it's one of those things. Um, what is the number one match, though, you want to see for this week weekend at WrestleMania? Tasha and Bianca. Okay. Um, I, I bought my uh, I bought my Sasha I mean my Bianca Belair shirt, so I got the EST. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm rooting for her. But that was just like you know now Kofi I was rooting for him, but I felt like I had to get that shirt just like Bianca. I mean you know first black woman to win the Royal Rumble, um, so I'm excited about that. But I also got a Sasha Banks Wale Mania shirt on the way. It won't get here in time for WrestleMania. Yeah, I um, saw that. I but, definitely uh, copped that myself this morning. <laughs> I think it oh, was you, you that I seen. I seen you retweet it out, and it had the Foot Locker and Foot Action link to it. And uh, so, yeah, so shout out to you for retweeting that because that's what caught my attention this morning. And it went, and I was torn. I'm like, all right, which one do I get? Do I get the Sasha Banks or do I get the Kofi? And I'm like, I really don't right. need both of them because I literally have hundreds and hundreds of wrestling tees that some that I still mm-hmm. have tags on that I have never even worn yet. Um, oh wow! So, yeah, so yeah, it's believe me, I need an intervention with a lot of wrestling things. Um, <laughs> hey, it's nothing wrong with that. So, so I yeah, I definitely copped the Sasha one. So, I'm I'm hoping we get a good yeah, match. Uh, make with sure that. tell Wale, uh, tell Wale that I uh, that you you saw it on my Twitter. Maybe yeah, definitely get some royalties and stuff. You, you know, some marketing royalties yeah. sent your way. Yeah, but I definitely I, I, I probably overspent this WrestleMania season. Um, between that and Chalkline, uh, dropping, I got the WrestleMania 2000 shorts on mm-hmm. now and the, the WrestleMania 18 shorts. I asked them, are y'all going to make jackets for these WrestleManias? Cause if so, I'm buying. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Sasha and Bianca. Uh, I think that, I, I, I think the story going in, I know people have been, you know, a little upset with the way the build has been. But I really don't hate it. I, if I was a writer, of course, I would have wrote it differently. But, you know, the, the, these small little slaps and jabs going from happy-go-lucky to be here to, look, I'm about to kick you behind. I actually like this story. So I think when, you know, I, I'm a winner either way. So if Sasha wins, she gets her first WrestleMania win. 
And if she loses, Bianca is the champion. So as long as we don't get a a, a false finish, yeah, no uh, dusty I'm fine. finishes, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and it's, it's you were saying about the build up for it, and I had mentioned it on um, uh, Britt Waters had put on her my wrestling opinion. And uh, shout out to your bloodline there. Um, she had put out you there know. like, and you're like, what do you, you know, what do you think about this matchup? And I had commented on her IG post, and I said, I really felt like they didn't, they didn't make Sasha a heel in a traditional way. Like one week she was like beating up Bailey, and it was like she was the face, and it was just like boom. Next week, you know what I mean? Like back to like cocky, arrogant, like I'm the boss. And I just felt like it was just very quick for the heel turn. Like, I'm like, can we had her, like, do at least one defense outside of Carmella to kind of build up that heel thing? So, I don't know. I felt like it was it was very rushed for her to become the heel, which, in my opinion, didn't make it feel as real, if that makes sense. Like, so, I feel like so, she, she became a heel too quickly. No, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, I'm looking at it in a different way, though, you know, um, and this is why I always love having a wrestling conversation. Because it's always a great opportunity to exchange information. Um, <clears throat> the way I look at it is I don't look at her as necessarily a heel as in a rule breaker. Um, and I go back to my uh, WWF Warzone days when you want to make somebody a fan favorite or a rule breaker. I don't look at her as a rule breaker heel, but I look at her as that arrogant fan favorite. Like, y'all can ride with me, and that's fine. But if you don't, I'm the boss, so you're just jealous of me. Um, and that Sasha Banks, in order, there's always been this notion that Bianca Belair, before they even touched each other, Bianca Belair does Sasha Banks better than Sasha Banks does Sasha Banks because she would say she's the EST and of, w, of NXT and WWE. And then you have Sasha, who is like, okay, she's this boss, but what's, what makes her a boss? Now she has the gold. She has the championship. That makes her the boss. So with that being said, I like this version of her. Now she's showing us she's the boss. I like her always calling Bianca a rookie, you know. So I don't really need her to be the traditional heel. Other than what I want to see her do is just constantly emphasize, constantly be arrogant, you know. She's going on the vixen borderline. So Mm. I like it. And it's it's cool, like you you know, put it that way, is that they're blurring the lines a little bit. That there doesn't have to be a clear uh, heel or a clear face with this match. That they can kind of like both be good at what they're doing. And I have to say that I like Belair a lot more now that she's on the main roster than when she was in NXT. Okay. Because my feeling in NXT is like I felt like yes, yeah, she got a lot of opportunities for the, the championship and lost. And however they wrote it, I felt like she just kind of complained a lot about like, oh, well, you know, this person interfered and that person interfered with just do. But I just felt like it didn't do her any justice by just continuously putting her in championship matches and losing somehow. You know, I, I, no, I, you are absolutely right. Like, <laughs> like, and I don't, I don't say this to, you know, sound, you know, ignorant or anything. Like, I kind of felt like she came off as like the angry black girl in NXT, you know, like was always nah, complaining nah. about stuff. And that's, that may have been how they wrote her in NXT, but I'm like, yo, like obviously the girl has talent, but like, why do you keep putting her in championship matches? Like you build her up. Like she, she struggles and fights and, and claws to get to the championship match. And then when she gets the championship match, 
she's either getting squashed or done dirty. And it was just like, it made me think, like, what was the whole point of the whole struggle to get the championship match only for the championship match to be kind of like irrelevant? Well, see, that's why I'm not a fan of um, undefeated win streak for that reason. Because where do you go from here? We saw what happened with Asta. She goes undefeated. She wins the championship. She relinquishes the title, goes to the main roster, and then boom, she is rock bottom against Charlotte, and everybody hated it. But I was like, to me, that that's a top five WrestleMania match of all time, Oscar Charlotte. But what I looked at was, I'm like, when you do that, where do you go? We saw it with Goldberg. I don't think anybody else will even eclipse that, you know, maybe Walter, if he hasn't lost. But that's it, you know. Um, so, but when she was in NXT, I hated the fact that she was she was going all the way up, and I just knew, okay, she's gonna beat Shayna, she's gonna become the champion, and then once she lost, it felt like she got lost in the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was happy when she was going at Raw, you know, what she's doing on um, on what she did on Raw, but then she kind of got pushed to the side, and I guess she had to really just learn the TV style and really learn stuff to. You know, and shout out to her for being patient. She could have been one of the people complaining and whatnot, but obviously she was patient. She listened, and now look where she's at. Yeah, and I wasn't a big fan of when they kind of paired her up with the Street Profits. I mean, obviously reasons for why, being married. Um, but I just mm-hmm. felt like like she has the ability and the talent to stand on her own. And I understood, you know, it's a different time, you know, the pandemic and you know there was just a lot of different things going on to why and it could have been back to what you're saying just learning to how to do the tv aspect of it um by putting her out there and kind of getting her more comfortable on the you know main roster television as opposed to nxt television but uh i've been really impressed with her you know ever since you know winning the royal rumble uh so we'll see you know i just i just hope that it's a real solid match and um you know what is your thoughts do you think it should be the main event for night one Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if we want to keep it a hundred, right? When you really look at it, moving forward, if they do a two night WrestleMania, both Royal Rumble matches should be, uh, the main event. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that you can build these women. We're a, a lot of times we was at a stage where the women was the bathroom break, but now they have the stories. That, you know, personally, like when I'm playing my video game back when wrestling video games was working well, because uh, WW2K20, I'm still upset. That yeah, I we're, we're not going to go um, there with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, I would always try to build it where the women and the men's stories were equal. You know, make them matter. You know, we want to get to a point where we want equality with our entertainment, right? You know, so then when you see a match of Big E versus Apollo Crews, it gets to the point where we're not so focused on, wow, we got two black people going for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and then somebody else said, but we shouldn't be having black on black crime. You know, <laughs> um, I want to see this where we see, like, I was looking at the card. I said, oh, this is really cool. We do have multiple black superstars on a WrestleMania card, something you didn't always see in prominent matches. You know, we've always had people of color, Roman Reigns, Yokozuna, The Rock. But to see, um, you know, African-born wrestlers. So I want to see that. I want to see the women in multiple stories. I want to see, you know, there's always the potential to do at least three women's matches every year at WrestleMania. 
Why aren't they doing it? You got three tags, you got three championships, you know? So um, I think this should main event, I think, considering the history. But also, let's look what Sasha did last year. You know, shout out to her and Bailey. They carried us through this pandemic. And to do both shows constantly, you know, I think she should be in there. It's upsetting that Bailey's not even on WrestleMania, considering all that she does. I think personally, I think Bailey's the pound-for-pound best wrestler in the Four Horsewomen. I think Sasha has the most crossover appeal. And I think Charlotte's the best athlete. And Becky is the person who's organically who can organically make you fall in love with her, <laughs> you know? So they all bring something, but I would love to see, um, I definitely think this should main event. I don't see nothing else, no offense to Bobby and Drew, but another thing about that, we've seen it already. Mm-hmm. This is a match we've never seen before. The, the, um, the triple threat match for the universal championship match, a match we've never seen before. So if it's a match we've never seen before, it's your main event. Now, what wild, crazy prediction do you have for WrestleMania? Because there's so many people that are saying, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. What's something that you are brewing up that's going to happen at WrestleMania that nobody would have seen coming? Oh, man, that's tough because it's, I mean, it's so much. You know, and now hearing that uh, TNT doesn't like surprises, so it makes you wonder, do WWE say, ha-ha, but we can do surprises and do a surprise at WrestleMania, or do they hold it off for the next night on Raw? I'm not sure. Do you know if there's fans on the next night on Raw? I have not heard about that, but it was it, it came to my mind that, uh, I mean, I know they're going to the um, the Yingling Center. They're going to be doing the Thunderdome from there. But I'm, I'm curious, and I don't know if you've heard anything about this. Like, is SmackDown live this week? Because the, the Tampa Bay Rays have a game at Tropicana Field. So are they? Oh wow! I just noticed. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, wait, they play the Yankees at 3:05. So there's no way that they're building the Thunderdome up, you know, for that night's SmackDown. But then people were saying that the their new uh, residency for the Yingling Center would be starting on Monday Night Raw. So I'm like, well, where the hell SmackDown taking place? You know, have like they've been hush right. hush and recorded this? Or are they recording it Thursday? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I, I, and maybe they have recorded it because you think about it. SmackDown being on Friday, that's a quick turnaround, you know. So maybe they want to give the boys and girls some uh, time to, you know, rest and recuperate. Yes, I'm really curious to but, see um, what they're going to do with that. But I haven't, I haven't heard anything else, you know, in regards to that. Yeah, I think um, I, I have to choose a wild prediction. I don't know in what fashion, but I just can't see John Cena staying away. Um, I, I think he makes an appearance at WrestleMania. Okay. I've had a lot of people throw, and I've seen a lot of weird, you know, things out there. You know, I've been saying that I'm I'm curious of when Brock's going to return, because I just feel like it's going to mm-hmm. happen at some point. Um, you know, and I had somebody that was trying to connect the lines, and they're saying, you know, like the uh, all the gold, uh, the, the promo, promo song they've been using during the lead-up to WrestleMania, it keeps saying, like, I'm a beast. And he keeps repeating that in his song, and they're like, oh, that's the clue. And I'm like, I don't know if that's much of a stretch. Um, <laughs> you know, I had someone else say, you know, well, Bobby Lashley says, keeps saying to Drew, like, your time is up. You know, it's the it's the, the almighty era. And someone's like, oh, his time is up. You know, my time is now. It's going to be John Cena. It's going to take out Drew. And I'm like, 
I don't know. I mean, there's so there's wild predictions, and then there's ones that I think make more logical sense. One of them being Bailey is not on the card. Um, is she going to open some kind of open Ooh. challenge? Is she going to play some kind of role? Um, it would be really hard to believe that Bailey is not going to be involved on the card somehow. She, the people are saying she's not injured. She's saying she's not injured. Like, how do you become the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion and going through that long ride to, well, creative just doesn't have anything for you? Like, I don't know. To me, that just doesn't add up. Like, I feel like there's something, you know, people, uh, Kenny was saying about you. He thinks Becky's going to come and do a squash match against Bailey. You know, I, it's really curious to see what they're going to do. And I'm hoping that we do get some surprises, you know, because you got the Raw yeah. after WrestleMania. Usually it was all the surprises. But I feel like Peacock's paying a lot of money for WrestleMania. They're going to want something big to mm-hmm. happen on WrestleMania, although they are the parenting company of USA as well. I think they would rather something big and WrestleMania. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, even if there's something where it's like, okay, tune in. You know, I mean, we could throw this out there. <laughs> Bailey and Becky win the tag title. You know, they come in. Um, look who's the champ, Nia Jax. Nia Jax and Bailey, Becky have a long history. Um, you know, they're saying she gave <laughs> Nia Jax gave Becky her Rocky moment. So, you know, that's going to be, yeah, that, that's it. Write that down for me. <laughs> <laughs> Writing that, making note of that right now, this is Brian's <laughs> prediction of what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Um, again, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited to be able to see a crowd again and the reaction and the pop they get for, you know, WrestleMania and having the staging and doing all that. And uh, hopefully this is the direction that we're going in is the right direction where everybody's getting vaccinated. I'm fully vaxxed right now, so I'm like ready to I'm ready to get at it and, you know, just go to live sports again. And uh, I seen you with your Baltimore Orioles and I know you're, you know, a Ravens fan. So I know you're. You're, you're biting at the bit there to get back to live uh, interaction in crowds and stadiums like that. So I'm, I'm hoping by SummerSlam, maybe we get some kind of word where SummerSlam might be. Maybe that might be my first, you know, jump back into it. But uh, hopefully, you know, great. Oh, well, then we're going to create some content because um, that's what I want to do, too. I was telling my wife, you know, SummerSlam is a goal of mine. So, And that's the one thing I loved about going to WrestleMania is, like, last year would have been my 10th WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, I kind of wow. ended my streak there. And back to what you said earlier in the podcast where you're like, you got to go to at least one WrestleMania. And I went to mm-hmm. uh, 27 in Atlanta. And I, I kept saying to my friends, I'm like, I got to go to at least one. You know, it's, it's, it's something you have to do as a wrestling fan. And I got bit by the bug. And I just kept going year after year after year. And, you know, friends used to ride with me. And now, you know, some of them are like, you know, had a kid. Had two kids, got married, you know, all that stuff. So these, uh, they're not able to go to all the WrestleMania. So a couple of them, I had a ride solo. But the great thing about it is meeting wrestling fans. You know, being able to meet fans in different states and locations and and build a, a friendship with a lot of these people. So I'm really, like I said, just really getting hyped up and excited to be able to go back to doing wrestling shows and more importantly to do the meet and greets because I was a big fan of Access. And I was saying on the last podcast, I'm not, I'm, I'm pro mask, obviously, but I'm not pro mask in a meet and greet where I have to like take a picture and we're all like dressed up in masks and hazmat suits and everything. Like it just doesn't feel the same. And uh, I'm not like real big on spending, you know, a couple hundred dollars for a Zoom call. Uh, so exactly. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can start doing, you know, like it was back in 2019, you know, but with a, a better conscience and 
you know, to what this virus has done to us. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, um, you know, I'm definitely one the same. You know, I'm, I was talking to uh, Brent about, you know, next year. I'm like, yeah, fam, we got to hit up, uh, you know, Dallas or, you know, L.A. when, you know, those WrestleManias get there, you know. I know she's never been to one. So we was talking about it. I said, yeah, we got to make that happen. Same with Dwayne. Um, I only did two. 28 was my first. And I, I kicked myself. Because I went to WrestleCon for WrestleMania 29, but mm-hmm. I didn't go to the show because when the tickets, um, by the time like I was able to afford the tickets, because at the time I was in college, so my refund check money would go to my WrestleMania ticket. And <laughs> I, uh, there was only the $600 seats or the $75 seats. And I was like, I, I ain't going out. I just sat in section one something the year before and I paid 130 for my seat. I can't sit all the way in the nosebleed. <laughs> and then I started kicking myself and said, you know what? I should have. In Orlando, I sat in the nosebleed. I'll never do it again. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have a WrestleMania budget. Yeah. Um, so, like, for this year, that was it. Last year, um, I, I, you know, my, it was just me and the kids, obviously. So we sat here and watched it. The year before that, I had my boys over. Um, this year, I think um, just Dwayne will come over and my uh, friend Hugh. Hugh and I went to... We grew up in, from sixth grade, and we was always the wrestling guys, and we went to WrestleMania 28 together. But um, we'll, we'll I think you know I'm gonna throw some food on the grill, and we're gonna do we're gonna do it up that way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's the way the WrestleMania budget. Yeah, I mean the WrestleMania. You know, I did uh, 30. Hmm? I was gonna say the WrestleMania budget. I I can totally attest to that because I started off where it's like the 27, where I was just just happy to be there. And I had pretty good seats. I think yeah. I might have been like in the like the, the middle area somewhere. And then I got a little. Okay. I, I was feeling myself a little too much. And then I got floor seats for WrestleMania 30, which oh, yeah, you beautiful. get yeah, you get a souvenir <laughs> chair and everything. But I didn't like the whole like people standing on their chairs, like you couldn't see as well. Oh, yeah. Like people think that floor seats are like oh you get the best sight, and I'm like you really don't. So I always shoot for like mm-hmm. 100 level. I'm like first set of rafter seats where I can actually see over people, then, you know, I'm totally for. Um, 32 in Texas was just crazy because if anybody's never been inside the Cowboys Stadium, it's it's like dug down. So you start off at the top when you walk in and you go downward. And uh, I'm trying to find my seat where I was supposed to be sitting. And the guy's like, oh, you're on the, on the, on the field level. And I'm like, no, I'm not on the field level. I know I'm not on the field level. And uh, I come to find out that I was. I was, like, where, like, the 20-yard line would be. So I was maybe, like, a good 30 yards from the stage, um, which was crazy. And if anybody's ever gets a chance to go to that stadium, it's it's bonkers how amazing that stadium is. But I definitely understand the budget thing. And uh, it should be cool. It's You know, it's a, it's a time that we can kind of celebrate. We've gone through a, one hell of a year. Let's just celebrate. Like you say, grill some food if you're ordering out. You know, just safely distanced everything you know make sure everybody's uh good with that and it's just again hope it's just a great weekend for wrestling fans yeah you know um and and that's the thing like um with uh let me ask you this about 27 Mm -hmm. how did you enjoy it because that's your first wrestlemania and and on tv i to me i remember when it went off i was like that was suck now I go back and I look at stuff here and there, but how did you enjoy it? I, it's hard for me because I look at it through different glasses than some other people do. Um, again, being my mm-hmm. first WrestleMania, 
being one of the first events that I can say that, you know, I traveled alone on an airplane, you know, up until that point, I was, you know, I wasn't traveling a lot by myself. So uh, my friends that were there with me, they flew down at a different time and we were staying in different hotels. So I was not very far from everything. I was like in a Georgia Tech section. So it was only like maybe a 10, 15 minute walk to uh, access and to the uh, Georgia Dome. Uh, so to me, it was cool to be there just to say I witnessed a WrestleMania. So I don't know if I got so caught up in the fact that here I am at a WrestleMania and everything is just bigger than life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I didn't really, not that I didn't pay attention to the matches and enjoy the matches, um, but I wasn't hard to critique them on the matches because I was just blessed and fortunate to say that I was there, if that makes sense. Um, no, totally. And that's the way I think that if everybody went to a WrestleMania or just in wrestling shows, I've been to a few Monday Night Raws and I've walked away like, hmm, I really enjoyed that. She's like, that Raw was terrible. You know, um, and, I'm, and I remember going to WrestleMania 28. I realized, yeah, TV, that's what they want. They want to do TV sales. But the presentation is there for the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's where you maximize the experience. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who didn't like Roxena one. And to me, that's my favorite WrestleMania main event. Yeah. I, I love the Roxena one. I felt Roxena one was better than, you know, Roxena two. Um, just really, that's yeah. I mean, as far as I think from the, just the aspect of the whole presentation, you know, when you look at it for mm-hmm. move for move, maybe two was better than one, but I just, okay. I just love the atmosphere in Miami. Um, the fact yeah. that it was it was not as cold as 29. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a you know a hoodie and a beanie at 28. Um, but okay, I, mean, I mean every one of that I've been to. I'm like I said, I'm blessed and fortunate and humble to say that I've been to you know nine of them, and you know hopefully you know ten was supposed to be last year. So you know hopefully you know I get to go to more of them. But I'm just humble to say that I've been to a lot of these events. So each one of them, I like for their own certain things. Um, even like out in California, like I just like the, the whole Seth Rollins cashing in moment was that's my favorite WrestleMania moment that I've had at a WrestleMania. And people are like, wow, but this match here was so much better. And I'm like, yeah, but it was to me, it's it wasn't so much the matches as it is the moments. Um, so what just, was it like? How surprised were you? I mean, there was like people was buzzing and rumors going around mm-hmm. and. The longer the match went on, the more I was thinking this is not going to happen because people are, are, okay. are, are clamoring for it. People are saying it's going to happen on the Internet. And I'm like, no, WWE is just notoriously kind of known for not giving us what we want <laughs> or know what mm-hmm. we want better than what we know ourselves. So to me, it was like uh, I didn't think it was going to happen. So when it did happen and it happened so quickly, it was just, yeah, it was a mark out moment for me. So, funny story about that WrestleMania. Um, I'm working at ESPN, and if you remember, the Monday, the Friday before that, Brock Lesnar was on Sports Center. Friday or Thursday, he was on Sports Center, and that's when he revealed that he had signed his extension with the WWE. And um, but he was in Sports Center LA, so he wasn't with us. And I remember. Before, I was rooting for Roman because, and, you know, people didn't think Roman was ready. And I remember me and Dwayne going back and forth. He's like, you really want to see this guy's champ? 
I said, I don't just want to see Lesnar because Lesnar ain't don't want to be in. He ain't gonna have a belt, whatever, whatever, right? And when that happened, um, I remember that night because while I didn't go, I was sitting at home and I was off, but they was tweeting about it. So I was writing tweets and texting my coworker, like, hey, write this, you know. And Daniel Bryan being my guy, I had to make sure Sports Center showed him some love on the Twitter handle. So I said, hey, Daniel Bryan just won the United States Championship. Make sure you write that. Then trying to explain and write the tweet from the money in the bank cash in. And I remember everybody laughing at Steve Levy trying to do the Sports Center read. And he's like, and he's got this briefcase. And he's running this thing. <laughs> so um, the sad part was I would leave that September, that August. But the funny story with that was, so I put my two-week notice in that Friday or whatever, and I come back. The next time I see my supervisor, he goes, dude, I was going to send you to SummerSlam. I was like, well, go figure. And um, <laughs> my last day was the Friday before SummerSlam in Brooklyn. And he said, um, that Tuesday, Brock Lesnar was there. So I politicked my way. I said, hey, Steve, you know, you got two people that's going to be working the evening shift already, and I'm the third. Can I, um, can I come in early Tuesday and work with Lesnar? I can go home and come back. He's like, well, you know what? You can go ahead and work, whatever, whatever. And sure enough, I got to meet Brock. Um, didn't take a picture with him, which I would have. But that was a really cool experience. You know, Brock was just chill. Yeah, because he doesn't, he doesn't interact a lot with fans, and, you know, he's kind of reserved. Um, so that's, that is mm-hmm. a moment to have because not many people get to say they met Brock Lesnar. And it's funny that you say because he signed an extension, so everybody pretty much wrote that off as that he's going to win at WrestleMania. So that made the cash-in seem a little bit more uh, exciting because you figured, oh, he signed this big contract. He's staying with WWE. He's not going to lose, you know – and after he signed a big deal with them. Um, so that was like, that's probably my number one WrestleMania moment that I witnessed. So for me, that was yeah. the, uh, the cash in. So that's awesome. Um, glad, you know, I'm, I always love hearing, um, personal WrestleMania moments. And that's, again, that's what it all is. It's all about the moments. And I, and I tell people that, you know, don't get so caught up in creative, you know, let's just let things play out. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with the, the internet and everything now and social media is everybody's got an opinion, which is great. I love the opinions. I love the interactions. Don't let it consume you, you know, like just enjoy it for what it is. You know, it's entertainment. It's supposed to be an escape. When you start overanalyzing it, it becomes a job. And that's, you know, it's a job. Do you that have I get an paid unpopular, <laughs> bingo. Do you have an unpopular WrestleMania that you like that nobody else does? Hmm. I mean, Jeez. I mean, that's tough because, I mean, a lot of people, people like didn't like nine and I liked WrestleMania mm-hmm. nine just because of the, yes! just because yeah! of the, yes! <laughs> just because of the whole, like, likes it. yeah, like everybody, everybody like shits on WrestleMania nine, you know, because of the ending of mm-hmm. it. But I just felt like, uh, you know, I just love the whole the whole atmosphere, the whole theme of it, you know, the whole being outside, you know, just was cool for me because at the time we didn't really see, you know, outdoor wrestling events like that. Um, and a lot of people were, like I said, a lot of people were, you know, throwing shade on the fact that Hogan came in and, you know, got that, you know, quick match on Yokozuna. And even, even in the Yokozuna Icons documentary, 
you know, people are saying that, they, you know, afterwards people are like, oh, I didn't like the fact that, you know, Yoko was on like a top of the world and then they just kind of had him job to Hogan. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I always like, I always wanted to play in video games. I always wanted to play with that like create arena. You know, I just love the outside, yeah. outside effect and the whole Caesars thing. So that's actually one that was on Legends of WrestleMania, even though I hated that video game because they changed the controllers and it was so confusing. But um, I so WrestleMania 9 for the longest time was my favorite WrestleMania. And people always say, why, whatever, whatever. One, it was the first WrestleMania that my parents ordered for me when, um, you know, I was six, yeah, I was six and we had just got cable earlier that year or the year before. And, you know, that was like every year they ordered WrestleMania for me. And I can sit there and almost commentate the whole pay-per-view <laughs> word for word. That's how many times I've watched it because there was a time when I probably had it on tape. I watch it almost every day after school. And I will always go, I will go to my grave saying that the right decision was to make the switch for Hogan because at the time you didn't send the fans home unhappy. And if Brett wasn't going to retain, which he shouldn't have, and I'm a huge Bret Hart fan, but considering where you wanted to go with Yokozuna, it wouldn't have made sense. And that was the first time you wanted to really establish a World Rumble winner getting the championship. It made sense for Yoko to win. But with Hogan, you know, that allowed Hogan to get, you know, yeah, he got a reign, but it also allowed Yokozuna to get a win over Hogan later on. Yeah, I to- totally agree with that. And it's and it, this is pre-internet days, so it was cool that you didn't. Nobody was bitching on the online about it, so you didn't hear about it mm-hmm. until like years later. Or you heard it firsthand with somebody in person who had something to say about it. And uh, being my first WrestleMania, my first WrestleMania was uh, WrestleMania Seven, as far as uh, which one okay. I, I ordered first. And I can remember um, it being a big deal because a couple blocks from where I live was our local. Uh, Garden State Cable before it became Xfinity. That was their like the, the the cable company. They had a little office there, and I can remember like walking in there and they would had promotional postcards of like the Hogan with uh you know the comic book drawing with the American flag behind him and everything. And it just that was once I saw that I was like I was telling my mom and dad I'm like I gotta order this I want this like I know we're here to talk about whatever else you guys are talking about cable but can we just tack that on now so. Uh, I can go home and watch that on a uh, first run pay per view. <laughs> I know I'm showing my age when I say first run pay per view. People are like, "Whoa, like really? Like yeah, first run pay per view, man." That was that was my first WrestleMania that I, I ordered. Um, but again, I hopefully we get a good show this weekend. I'm excited about NXT Takeover tonight and you know WrestleMania this weekend. And let everybody know once again where they can find your podcast because again. Ten years, it's worth noting and making a, a you know stance of where they can find it, and everybody can go in and watch and download and stream and do all that great stuff that gets you the views. Oh yeah, I definitely appreciate that, man. Uh, before I get there, you know, I definitely want to appreciate you one for the invite, but also you know I've uh, you know I had a tough time back in November, December with my mother, father, and wife having COVID, and you was a true friend. Uh, just checking on me, man. And, you know, I will always remember that for the rest of my life and love and appreciate you for that, brother. Um, so thank you so much. Definitely. I mean, you know how, you know how I am with when it comes to mothers. So, uh, 
and just family in yeah. general, man. It's just, and you know, not to go on a tirade about anything else. You know, I was thinking last night when you see all these people tweeting crazy conspiracy theory stuff all online and everything. And I just said to myself before I tweeted something out, I'm like, why is it so hard just to be nice? You know, like, is it really like <laughs> it doesn't take no energy at all just to be nice? You know, if you go to a store, mm-hmm. you open the door for somebody. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting checked out at a store. You say, thank you. You know, have a great day. Be safe. You know, like, it's just, it's for some people, there's like a mental block of why it's so hard just to be good, decent human beings. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know you went through a tough time and, you know, I had to check up on you, man. You know what I mean? Because I would want somebody to check up on me. You know, nobody knows what anybody's going through from day to day, from moment to moment. You know, so just... Keep that mindset. You don't know what people are going through for each moment. You know, people can mask a lot of things, so just just be nice. Mm-hmm. And a little niceness can go a long way, you know. So yeah, I just well, you know, I just wanted to say that. I told you before, but I, I definitely wanted to say it publicly. Um, you know that I really appreciated that. Um, and you know, people can find me on all social media platforms. Search the wrestling realm. Uh, realm spelt with a W, so we can have alliteration. That was my mother. That was her idea. W R E A L M. Um W R E A L M. Um so find us at Wrestling Realm on all social media platforms. Search is youtube.com slash the wrestling realm. Help us get the one thousand subscribers. We try to get there. We got the last time. We just need the subscribers. We're at eight hundred and seventy five. So we would definitely appreciate people clicking the link and hitting subscribe. Um but also we're on Apple and Google and all podcasting platforms. As well, um, you can find a lot of content. So we will definitely keep you entertained. I promise you, it's a lot of binge-worthy stuff watching um, on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're an NWO fan, as they just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, we did a spoof reenacting their paid promotion. But we also did something sort of like DX. So it's a lot of funny stuff on there on our channel. So check it out. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of your WrestleMania moments and predictions and stories with us. It's been really cool. I enjoy listening and watching the podcast and the interactions you and Dwayne have. Um, it's just really cool because it's, it's, again, it's not just straight, you know, talking wrestling. Like, there's a lot of, like, funny moments and interactions with it. And uh, it's good to get lost in the wrestling moment and the wrestling uh, stories that you guys share. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and uh, – have a great WrestleMania weekend. Enjoy the pay-per-view. And uh, we got to do this again sometime. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure we'll be talking on the Twitterverse uh, during WrestleMania weekend, uh, sharing, uh, you know, exchanging what our thoughts is. So uh, definitely have fun. I really appreciate this. Um, it's, like you said, it's always great to talk wrestling, always great to talk WrestleMania. I uh, appreciate, you know, you allowing me to relive some of the memories and sharing some of your memories with me as well. And as Bully Ray always says, get on that Twitter machine and, uh, you know, follow him on Twitter. And, again, uh, we just can't wait to talk to you again. All right. This is Brian H. Waters, co-host of The Wrestling Realm. And you are listening to Mixed Master V on MMB Radio.